Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. No wonder you need Zoloft. No wonder you're depressed. You're always focused on you. And what you need and what you have to get and what's going on with you and you are so narcissistic and self-centered, you, you get depressed looking at you. I get depressed looking at you. I mean, you get, you get so into you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can get so into you that you can get depressed. You see, when you're others-minded like Jesus, you'll experience blessedness. I challenge you. I challenge you. You know, we sang the song, I am blessed among the people. I challenge you. Go home today, take a pen, take a piece of paper, and start writing down your blessings. You will be shocked, and you'll be writing all afternoon at how blessed you really are. I mean, think about this. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands because you are blessed. Of course you're blessed. You need to know you're blessed. I mean, think about it like this. First of all, you're blessed if you have a pencil and a piece of paper. Never thought of it like that, now have you? You're blessed if you have ears to hear. You're blessed if you have eyes to see. You're blessed if you have feet to walk. You're blessed if you have a house or an apartment or a trailer or a double wide. You are blessed if you have a car. You're blessed if you have light. You're blessed if you have heat. You're blessed if you have a coat. You're blessed if you have food. You're blessed if you have a refrigerator to keep the food in. You're blessed if you have health. You're blessed if you have strength. You're blessed if you have teeth. You're blessed if you have a tooth. Amen? So what if you're follically challenged? I am, but I'm blessed. Can I tell you something? You are looking at one blessed man. Pastor Rodney is blessed. I look back over the 15 years, and I remember when God called me in 1995 and told me to move to Raleigh, North Carolina. I didn't know anybody here. I didn't have any money. My wife didn't have any money. We had children, but we moved here, and God has been taking care of us ever since. I am blessed, blessed, blessed. And the Bible tells us, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We are blessed. You are blessed. We're blessed to have a church that still believes in the authority of the word of God. You know what I mean? You know how hard it is to find a church nowadays that's teaching the word? I mean, just the word. People tell me, Every single week, man, I found the church. Oh, I'm so happy to be in church today. I finally found the church that teaches the Bible. Because churches aren't teaching the Bible anymore. 
People don't want to talk about sin. Were you with me last uh, Wednesday night? Wednesday night we were talking about sin. People don't want sin. Uh, sin is the S word in the church nowadays. You, you don't, people don't talk about sin. People don't talk about hell. Jesus preached about hell, talked about hell more than any other preacher in the Bible. Why? Because he's been there and he knows you don't want to go there. People don't talk about the blood of Jesus anymore. That's yucky stuff. We don't want to talk about yucky stuff. We want to make people feel good. The church doesn't even teach the Bible anymore. They don't, there's many preachers in the pulpit that don't even believe that this is the authoritative, final, infallible word of God. There are no errors in here. God's word speaks for itself. Let God be true and every man a liar. There's a lot of churches don't even teach that. Don't believe it. A lot of pastors don't even believe in the virgin birth. I could keep you here all day long. Don't believe in the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. These are things that are inescapable if you read the Bible. You can't miss these things. We're not talking about your position on end times or your eschatological position. Some of y'all are like, eschatology, what? <laughs> eschatology, study of end times. We're not talking about whether you pre, mid, post, pan, trib, whatever you are. We're talking about basic things, sin, repentance, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the Scriptures. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness sake. All scripture, not some scripture, all scripture. You are blessed to be in a church that teaches the word of God. And I'd ask you, and I'd ask you, I'd, I'll wait, that's all right. And I'll ask you, I'll ask you, pray for me. Pray for me. Please pray for me that I will continue to teach God's word. And I will not deviate from God's word. I don't care how large this church gets. And I don't care what doors God opens for me to preach around the world. May I always preach the truth of the word of God. Pray for me, please. Because I don't want to leave the teaching of the word of God. And I don't want to become politically correct. And that's why, to tell you the truth, I honestly get a lot of hate mail. I don't talk about it very often, but I do. I do. I get a lot of emails of people say, well, you said this and you said that and you said this and I can't believe you said that. And, you know, you talk about sin and, you know, who are you to tell people they're going to hell? I'm nobody and I'm not telling you you're going to hell. Jesus is telling you you're going to hell. So, so I'm, I sent him back an email. I sent him back an email. You are going to hell. Love you. Praise the Lord. But you go in there. Hope you like it hot. <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> but we're blessed. You know, somebody once said, count your blessings, name them one by the one, and look and see what the Lord has done. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says it like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Notice Paul says, who has blessed us. It's done. It's finished. The blessings are there, and that's why we should praise God. Can the church say amen? And that's why we should have hope in him because the blessings are there. And that's why we don't have to hang our heads down and we can hold our heads up because we are blessed people. 
And if you're blessed, you should look like you're blessed. I'm not talking about the way you dress. I'm talking about the countenance on your face. You know, some people, you're blessed. Christians, listen to me, Christians. You're blessed. Act like it. Some Christians look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Wow. How you doing, brother? Blessed and highly favored. You know, that's when they catch, they catch the spirit. They go. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's not an important point anyway. Blessed and highly favored. You are blessed. Look like you're blessed. Hold your head up. Don't live like a pauper. You're rich and you're blessed. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about we have this unlimited wealth in Christ. You know, the story is told of a woman who had gone down in history as America's greatest miser, yet she died in 1916. Hetty Green was her name. And she left an estate valued over $100,000,000, And she ate cold oatmeal because it cost too much to heat it. And her son suffered a leg amputation because she was looking for a free clinic. And as a result, infection took over his leg. She was rich, living like she was poor. And Christians are rich, but we need to live and act like we are rich and not poor. And in order to experience the blessedness, we must be separated. Look at verse 1 in your Bible, saints. The blessed person should not be in the counsel of what? Who? The ungodly. Listen, if you got marriage problems, don't get counsel from the world. If you got problems with your kids, who doesn't? Get over it. All right, parents, clap your hands, parents. Parents only. Parents only. Who doesn't? Get over it. Get over it. I don't even have kids in my house anymore, but I know what you're going through. I feel your pain. The blessed person does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The blessed person does not walk in the counsel of Oprah. Some of y'all like preach, pastor, preach. The blessed person does not listen. Folk, Oprah, don't misunderstand me. I ain't hating on Oprah. Oprah, she did well for herself. Of the 100, well, the 100 most wealthy people in the world, Oprah's listed as one of the most, 100 most wealthy people. She got her own network now. Own. Go ahead, girl, with your bad self. Go on with your bad self. Own. It's actually quite clever. Oprah Winfrey Network, O-W-N. It's quite clever. People listen to Oprah, and she's like, uh, you know, people will tell you, oh, Oprah said this, and Oprah said that. Oprah said this, and Oprah said that. You say, well, what does the Word of God say? I don't know, but Oprah said this, and Oprah said that. <laughs> Some of y'all, y'all probably like, y'all better leave Oprah alone. I love Oprah. I'm going to kill you. Talking about Oprah. I love Oprah. I love her too, but honestly, I say this in love. Oprah need to get saved. Preach the truth, preach the truth, preach the truth, preach the truth. You know, Oprah, listen, O is not G-O-D. Do I need to interpret that? Oprah is not God. 
Okay, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly because the, uh, the, the counsel of the ungodly says there's no right or wrong. The counsel of the ungodly says there's no truth. The counsel of the ungodly ignores the fact of the existence of one God. If you want counsel, you will be better off. Listen to me close. If you want counsel, you will be better off going to a Holy Spirit filled janitor in a church than to go to the world for counsel. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because a Holy Spirit-filled janitor in the church would say, Lord, I don't know. Father, I need wisdom from you. And God, I know your word says that if any man lacks wisdom, they ask of you and you will give it. And God will give that Holy Ghost-filled janitor wisdom from God to give to you. But God will not do that with the ungodly. Don't go to the ungodly for counsel. I don't care how many letters they have after their name. The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners, or does he sit in the seat of the scornful? Now, the word stand, if you're taking notes, you write this down. In Hebrew, it means to involve yourself. I don't care if you're 8 or 80. You have to be careful who you involve yourself with. Somebody once said, if you lie down with dogs, anybody know? You'll get up with fleas. You got to be careful who you hang around. Be careful. Here's one for you, a freebie. Here's one for you. You got to be careful who you go into business with. Man, if they don't know the Lord, no, I ain't asking you did they go to church. Don't ask them, do you go to church? Nah, nope. Satan goes to church. That's another sermon. I might preach that next. That's a good sermon title. Satan goes to church because he does. Don't ask them if they've been baptized. Don't ask them, do they tithe? Ask them, do they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Don't go into business with the ungodly. That's not good. Sometimes we're wondering why we're having such a difficult time getting victory over the flesh, probably because of who you're standing with. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Who are the scornful? The scornful are those who despise and reject the things of God. The scornful are those who are actively at war with God. They scorn God's holiness. They scorn his righteousness. They mock sin. They are bitter and hateful toward everything about God. First, you're walking with the ungodly. Then you're standing in the way of sinners. And then you're sitting with those who are scornful. It's a slippery slope and a downward devastation. So you need separation. Now, don't get it confused. Separation is not isolation. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. So separation can't mean isolation. So what does it mean, Rodney? Separation, you take a note, you write this down. Separation is contact without contamination. Contact without contamination. You can still be around unsaved loved ones and relatives and not be affected by them. But what I feel is happening is the church isn't separated. And instead of affecting the world with the gospel, the world is infecting the church with its philosophies. Did you hear me? The world is infecting the church with its philosophies. Well, not only separation, but also saturation. Verse 2, go ahead and look at it. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night? Question. What do you delight in? Ask yourself. What's exciting to you? I mean, what, what, what gets you excited? When you wake up in the morning, I mean, what is it that gets you excited? Four-wheeling? 
video games, skiing, biking, the gym, protein. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> what gets you excited? Does the word of God get you excited? I mean, honestly, you wake up in the morning and think, you know what? Man, I can't wait to just get my, get my five, ten minutes with my cup of coffee and the word of God. Five minutes. Everybody's talking about New Year's resolution. I'm not going to eat any more chocolate. I'm not going to eat cheesecake. They know they're lying. <laughs> you just fooling yourself, and you know it. Stop lying to yourself. Stop it. It's not healthy. How about this? Every day, I'm going to spend 10 minutes reading the Word of God. Every day, just 10 minutes. That's it. You watch and see if your excitement doesn't start to lean more towards spiritual things. I'm talking to the person that has the presence of the Holy Spirit living in their life because that's his job. His job is to cause you to want to be near God. The Holy Spirit's job is to cause you to want to know God. Anybody listening? The Holy Spirit's job is to cause you to desire the things of God and point you to Jesus. What excites you? What do you delight in? The writer says he delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. This word meditate means to ruminate. It means to chew on it. It means to ponder, to study, to talk. The word meditate comes from the word that describes a cow chewing its cud. You know anything about cows eating grass? You know they they eat it, they chew on it, and then they swallow it. And then they barf it back up. And then they eat on it and suck on it, eat on it, and they swallow it. And then they barf it back up. They do that all day long. I hope you didn't have breakfast yet. Some of y'all are like, I'm about to barf up my pancakes. And they eat it. And the point is, they're trying to get all the nutrients out of it and everything that they can get out of it. And the, and the idea for the Christian is that we need to be trying to get everything we can get out of God's word. Everything we can get out of God's word. You know, something happened last service, and I thought, Lord, thank you for that. There's a sister that goes to our church. She's been going to our church for about 11 years now, and um, she's doing greeting, and I was walking out that door, and 10 years ago, I preached the same text, and she had taken notes, as people do here, in the same text, and she showed me she happened to have that, that piece of paper that she took notes on in her Bible. She said, Pastor, I want to show you. Here, that same sermon you preached 10 years ago, and, and she had the date marked on it and everything, and I looked through it, and the outline that I used 10 years ago, um, I'm not using now. And I was telling her, I said, and, and I was telling her, I said, that's great, that's great. And I walked away and I said, Lord, thank you, because I can see that God, that God is still speaking and that, and that, and that I'm, and that I'm, and that I'm growing. I'm a pastor. I'm growing too. You know, you're growing and I'm growing. I'm growing every time I study the word and, and preach to you and you're growing. Hopefully you listen to what I'm saying. Most of y'all are at least. And, 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 and we're all growing together, but it was good for me to see that what, what I saw back then is not the same that I see today. And yet, even in there, uh, comparing her notes down to mine, there were still some elements that were the same. But, 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 but I had grown. Because I want to be one to meditate on the Word of God. And, and every time, can I get a witness? Every time you read God's Word, you get something different out of it. 
There is stuff that I hear in the Bible. People, people will quote a scripture, and 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 and, and I, I, I'm like, where's that at? And I'll, I'll read it, and I'll go, man, I know I've read that a hundred times. And yet, God's word is new and fresh because it's the living word of God. It's the living word of God. Isn't that great? That's exciting. This book is not like Harlequin Romance. This book is not like John Grisham. This book is not like Harry Potter. This book is not like the bestseller on New York Times. This book is a living book. It's the living word of God. And therefore, when you read it, something else by the, by the work of the Holy Spirit will, will teach you something. And you'll get something new out of it. Every single time you read it, you should meditate on the word of God. A.W. Tozer said the church should be a place where we feed God's sheep, not entertain the goats. There's a lot of entertainment for the goats in the church today, huh? Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Jesus didn't say, if you love me, entertain my goats. Look at verse 3 in your Bibles. If you're separated and saturated, then you'll end up situated. You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. If you're situated by the water, you're going to naturally produce fruit. And this fruit will come in its season. And that's why you have to stay connected. And that's why you have to stay planted by the river and wait for the fruit to produce in its season. I mean, think about that. What does fruit do to produce? Nothing. Nothing. It stays planted. It stays connected. It just hangs out. It abides. Wasn't it Jesus who said, abide in me and I in you? I am the vine and you are the branches. And abide in me and you'll bring forth much fruit. I mean, think about it. Fruit, when it's born, it doesn't have to try to be born. It just stays connected to the vine the vine connected to the branch, the branch connected to the, to the, to the tree root, and the, the roots go down into the ground to grab the nourishment, the water, and it just produces naturally. You've never seen a fruit of any kind try to produce and struggle to produce. It just does. You don't see an apple tree striving to be an apple. You know, And you got an apple. No, it just hangs out. It just stays connected to the vine. And the Bible says, whatever you do, whatever you do, you'll prosper. You look at verse three, whatever you do will prosper. Why? Because you're like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. And you're receiving your nourishment from the living water, Jesus. And your life will always be prosperous and stable and balanced. And the fruit from your life will be good and fresh and not withered. But on the contrary, in verses 4 through 6, two words describe the wicked. Not so. If the blessed man is like a a fruit-bearing tree, then the wicked are like chaff blown in the wind and only good for burning. And they shall not be found in the congregation of the righteous. Christians are different. Christians abide in Christ. Christians, let me have your attention, stay planted by the rivers of living water. Christians 
draw their nourishment from Jesus Christ. Christians are different than the world. We are different. It was A.W. Tozer. He wrote this. He said, a real Christian is an odd number. He feels a supreme love for the one he has never seen. He talks in friendly terms every day to someone he can't see. He expects to go to heaven on the virtue of another. He empties himself in order to be full. He admits he's wrong so he can be declared right. He goes down in order to get up. He's strongest when he's weakest. He's richest when he's poorest. He's happiest when he feels the worst. He dies so he can live. He forsakes in order to have. He gives away so he can keep. He sees the invisible. He hears the inaudible, and he knows things that pass knowledge. He is separated, he is saturated, and he is situated, and he's living a balanced life in Christ. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.